We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to this Friday edition of AFA at the Core. You're listening to American Family Radio. It is so good, good to be with you today on the airwaves. And not just the airwaves, but also on the internet, on the World Wide Web. We are live streaming the show on our app, on the American Family Radio app. We're also live streaming on our website, AFR.net. And lastly, we are live streaming the video on Facebook, on our American Family Radio Facebook page. You can go there and watch the show live and we'll also have it uploaded um, so you can play it back at your own convenience later on in the day should you not be able to get the entire show. For those of you wondering and frustrated with the big tech companies as many of us are, the good news is here at American Family Association, we are actually building our own video streaming platform. I got a sneak peek at the platform yesterday with our IT department and it is coming along very well. It looks nice and slick. Slick. Um, it is nice and clean. It works. It functions well, although they're still building most of it. Um, but it's going to be a very top-quality video platform for our supporters and for the public. And here's what we're going to do. Here in, I'm not going to give a specific timeline, but here in the next few months, we're going to try to launch this platform, and we're going to start with uploaded content. We're going to start with archived content produced by American Family Association. And then later on down the road, hopefully uh, early 2022, we're going to try to launch a live feature where you can watch things like AFA at the Core live on the platform. So we got a lot of exciting things going on here. And so we won't have to always rely on your Facebooks and your YouTubes for getting our video. We are working on a platform where you can watch our content live at your own convenience without the fear of AFA being canceled or deplatformed because of our worldview. So that's exciting. That's coming up. But in the meantime, we are on these other platforms. We're on Facebook. Uh, we also have our app and our website, as I mentioned. Our verse of the week is Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10 is our verse of the week. This is our last day to recite this verse. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That's Isaiah 41.10. For those of you watching the video stream, I have a hat on, a dry fit American Family Association hat. You can order that at our resource center, resources.afa.net, or you order you a hat. Very comfortable, looks good, and supports the work of American Family Association. An encouraging story out of the state of Florida. Governor DeSantis just continues to impress. And uh, we saw the story recently this week, uh, or late last week, where Ben & Jerry's, the ice cream maker, they decided they were going to boycott, divest, and sanction the uh, parts of Israel. Parts of Israel that they viewed as anti-Palestinian. 
Well, this uh, this Ben and Jerry's first off is, has has been a very politically driven company uh, in in recent years. This is not new to see Ben and Jerry's come up in the headlines, but in in a as a result of of Ben and Jerry's trying to move out of parts of Israel that they don't like, the governor of Florida has sent a letter to his state board administration, and he is fighting back against Ben and Jerry's for their their anti-Israel move here. And here's reading directly from the Daily Caller. The governor, talking about Governor DeSantis, asked the brand and their parent company, Unilever, to, to be placed on a continued examination companies that boycott Israel list. That's an official list with the state government there in Florida. Also, the governor, Governor DeSantis, asked his um, administration to place them on the scrutinized companies that boycott Israel list. Those are two different lists operated by the state government. Um, the latter of the list of the two would bar Florida's board from buying stock in Unilever, which is the parent company of Ben & Jerry's, and its corporate entities, as well as prevent it from contracting the companies until the boycott is ended, a spokesperson for the governor said. And so uh, DeSantis there is fighting back, and uh, his letter is on the web. I'll post this on my different uh, social media pages. If you just t- type in my name on Twitter, Parler, Gitter, and these other places, you can find me. Uh, but Governor DeSantis there sends a letter to his state uh, administration and says, we're not going to do business and partner with and invest in companies that boycott Israel simply because they are Israel. And that is plainly anti-Semitic. And we talked about that uh, anti-Semitism and the rising anti-Semitism with our very own Joy Lucius earlier in the week. Uh, so that's a that's a very important story going on. But it's so good to see governors fighting back and, and Republicans fighting back against many of the moves uh, from the left. Another story I wanted to get into, um, you know, we see we are all tempted as humans to to discard or um, move out of the way uh, ideas and things that we don't agree with or we don't think we agree with, uh, oftentimes just because we think we don't agree with it, not because we have any kind of factual basis or hard evidence or truth to support it. Well, there's been this debate over, really over, the effectiveness of the vaccine, and this has really come to light recently with an Israeli study that I cited earlier in the week that showed uh, the vaccine, the at least the Pfizer vaccine, with a 64% efficacy. Other Israeli studies now are saying more like 40 to 50% efficacy, meaning <clears throat> the effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine at preventing you from becoming ill with COVID. So that's what the Israeli studies are showing. Uh, the UK studies are showing that uh, up to 40% of people being admitted to hospitals are fully vaccinated, are fully vaccinated. So those are just factual stories. And the reason I bring those up to begin with is to provide a little counter argument to this constant pressure and bullying from certain people in the public 
uh, that we should all get the vaccine, no matter whether you're two years old or you're 70 years old, we should all get it no matter what, without question, it's not even up for debate. And as a matter of fact, some would say it's not even up to your personal decision to make. The government should be able to make that decision for you. So that's the reason I bring up those counter uh, arguments, those counter studies to some of the, the wide narratives that you're hearing. Well, Governor DeSantis, once again, this is back in Florida. Uh, I was listening to a press conference by the governor in Florida, and, and I would say I trust the governor. Uh, he's given uh, us no reason to not trust him. And he's been very solid on, on how to handle the pandemic, how to protect individual liberty, individual rights, protect the Constitution, but yet um, yet fight for and protect public health to the best of his ability. Well, this is clip three. This is Governor Sentez, DeSantis saying a few things. Number one, uh, that in his state, at least, he's seeing that the vaccine is playing an important role. Uh, but also he talks about the importance of protecting people's rights clip three let's listen so here's i think the the most important thing with the data if you are vaccinated fully vaccinated the chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from covid is effectively zero if you look at the people that are being admitted to hospitals over 95 percent of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all and so these vaccines are saving lives they are reducing mortality Mortality in nursing homes since we rolled out the vaccines in December is down over 95% due to COVID. Mortality for elderly people since we rolled out the vaccines is down nearly 90%. And so we're proud in Florida that we put seniors first on that because they were the most vulnerable. We have 85% of our seniors that are vaccinated and about 75% of folks over the age of 50. We have no mandate. We've provided information to people, and we've been very honest about any data that, that comes out. And I can tell you that if you look, uh, you are seeing people that are vaccinated. For whatever reason, some, I think, can test positive if you're vaccinated. But they don't get seriously ill, in, except maybe rare instances. There's always one-offs on stuff. But I can tell you in Florida, your chance of surviving if you're vaccinated is close to 100%. And so we've worked very hard to get those vaccines into all our elderly communities and give it to other folks who, who could use it. Obviously, when you talk about some of the younger folks, the uptake has been less. Well, there you have it. That's Governor DeSantis out of Florida in a press conference this past week. And he says a few, a few things that, are, that I found interesting there. Um, he said that, that, that the vast majority... Uh, of of people who are who are going to the hospital, or people who are rather who are dying in the state of Florida, are people who haven't been vaccinated. He also goes on to talk about how yes, uh, you can still get coronavirus even with the vaccine, um, but it increases the likelihood of you surviving it or not becoming uh, deathly ill because of that. And I saw a recent uh, uh, statistic put out by the state of Texas, where between February and now. 95% of the deaths in the state of Texas when it comes to the coronavirus were from people who were not vaccinated. Only about 5% or less than that were from uh, people, About I think it was about 43 of 6,000 uh, deaths. I may have my numbers a little bit off there, not much, but only 43 people out of about 6,000 deaths in, uh, in Texas were from vaccinated people. Uh, the rest were people who were not vaccinated. So, the only reason I bring this up is because we're hearing um, 
oftentimes conflicted information or conf- information that conflicts with you know, one another. And it's important that we as a society be able to decipher, uh, be able to decipher through this information for ourselves and, and be able to make our own decisions. And it doesn't help when you have uh, entities like your YouTubes and your Twitters and your Facebooks and your Googles, it doesn't help when they are trying to squash conversation. They are trying to eliminate conversation and the sharing of information. Um, it just doesn't create a good sentiment in an environment with the public. Um, there's this story that I had that I want to try to pull in, but it was basically four, here it is, um, Here's four major stories that were once considered disinformation, and now they're they're not considered disinformation at all. The first one is the lab leak theory out of China. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, remember the story that was circulating about how this coronavirus uh, very likely came from a lab in Wuhan, China? Well, that was slapped down as disinformation, and people were deplatformed because of that. Well, it turns out now... Uh, the Biden administration is saying that's most likely true. And so people were canceled, people were deplatformed, people were criticized, and now that story actually has a lot of uh, credibility to it, as it always has. Uh, Russian bounties on American soldiers. This is back during the Trump administration. Uh, The New York Times ran a story about how, you know, the Russians were putting bounties on American soldiers in Afghanistan and Trump was doing nothing about it. Well, as it turns out, that's just not true. And the Biden White House has even admitted such. Uh, The Hunter Biden laptop story that was labeled as Russia disinformation. Turns out that story is 100% true. That was Hunter Biden's laptop and Russia had absolutely nothing to do with it. So I bring all those up to say that when when the media and the Democrats are yelling uh, disinformation, misinformation, you should be counsel- canceled. You shouldn't be able to question uh, the vaccines. You shouldn't be able to question this or that or the efficacy. That's concerning. That's concerning. If there's nothing to hide, then we should be able to have conversations and debate about the best decision uh, forward and the best best path forward for our country. You're listening to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We'll be back in a few minutes. Rejoice with those who rejoice. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Michael, a five-year-old boy, showed up at the courthouse in Grand Rapids, Michigan for an adoption hearing with his foster parents, and he had a crowd of unusual supporters. Michael's entire kindergarten class sat in the audience behind him, waving big red hearts mounted on wooden sticks to show their support. The kindergartners offered the most touching answers, standing up and telling the court, I love Michael, or Michael's my best friend. Michael's new father and mother had been married nearly 10 years, and he'd been living with them as a foster child for more than a year. Adoption truly is at the heart of the gospel. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner, or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Dr. Richard Land, President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary, and welcome to Bringing Every Thought Captive. In light of the constant excitement over global warming, one has to ask why the left-wing climate zealots seek to stifle free speech and open inquiry, why they seek to suppress evidence, to silence their critics, and to incarcerate and fine their opponents, and end all debate on these issues. And yet the supposedly settled science, a contradiction in terms for any true scientist on global warming or any other subject, isn't settled. When temperature measurements on the Earth are tabulated back to 1957, it becomes apparent that temperatures, quote, fall from the late 1950s to the mid-1960s, then rise and fall through the next half century. Now, that's in an article entitled Warming Deception in Investor's Business Daily in 2016. Real Science Journal reports that this pattern of NASA making the past cooler and the present warmer has recurred repeatedly since NASA became chartered with proving global warming. The past keeps getting colder. Now, scientific evidence has emerged that, quote, it's been warmer and extreme weather has visited us before, all in a time long before men began to drive cars and operate power plants that helped move him from almost primitive existence to a modern one, end quote. At this point, one needs to be legitimately asking oneself just exactly which group is more closed-minded and in denial of the evidence, and which group is willing to let scientific examination and discovery go where the evidence leads it. The would-be climate cops are those who question their anti-growth, elitist, green agenda that values Earth itself more than the human stewards for whom the Earth was created in the first place, according to Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you the story of a true believer in global warming who has now recanted and apologized to America. This is Richard Land. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. AFA at the Core, I'm your host, Walker Wildman. I wanted to read a story from a lady by the name of Amy Curtis. And I wrote an article several months ago about how many of these um, COVID-related policies when it comes to nursing homes and hospital facilities uh, were very inhumane, meaning the lack of family members being able to visit people, even people who were on their final stages of life, um, how many of those policies were very inhumane um, and really terrible and and just tore up many families across this country over the last 18 months. I came across this uh, Twitter thread from a lady named Amy Curtis. I don't know her, don't know, this is the first I've heard of her, but uh, she was, people were sharing their family experiences as it relates to, to family members who've died from coronavirus or died from any other calls within the last 18 months. And here's what Here's, here was her testimony, her story. She said, Standing 10 feet apart at my dad's sorry excuse of a funeral with no one to hug me as I sobbed next to his casket while a guy watched to make sure no one comforted me. I will never, ever forget the people who forced this upon us. And I know I'm not alone. I know that. Thousands of people buried loved ones without funerals, without hugs, without final goodbyes. I at least got to be with my dad at the end. Many did not. But then I got to watch George Floyd and few others have multiple funerals. And it's never going to be forgotten, ever, 
she concluded. And so that was just very sad and humbling to see that, that, that many thousands, if not more, uh, families around the, the U.S. last year uh, really didn't get to connect with their loved ones when they were uh, in, in very difficult times of hurting and emotional and spiritual pain. And so we do not need to go back uh, to the days where we treat people like animals, where we isolate people, where we don't allow loved ones to visit uh, their family members in their final stages of life. It's just very, very sad um, and, and regretful that we ever were at a position to do that. In studio with me, I have Dr. Ray Rooney. He operates and directs our blog here at American Family Association called The Stand. Many of you read our blogs from afa.net each day, and you get it, probably get our emails each day. Well, I brought Ray in studio with me. Ray, welcome to the show. Thanks, Walker. Uh, you did a devotion Wednesday. We do staff devotions here at AFA each, uh, each weekday, Monday through Friday. And uh, Wednesday, we have someone do a little lengthier devotion, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and Ray did a devotion on nationalism, the importance are the, the history and the biblical precedent of nations in Scripture and how God has ordained them. And I wanted to bring him in just to give a little bit of his thoughts because, Ray, as you mentioned, the term nationalism has really gotten a negative uh, connotation now in society. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's just recently. Um, if you could, you can look this up on on um, Miriam Webster and, and so forth. Uh, up until recently, patriotism and nationalism were considered synonyms. Uh, past five to six, seven years, uh, nationalism has taken a nosedive, and it 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 means something totally different. It's uh, usually a um, it's usually just forced in with. Uh, um, racism and all, all kinds of things like that. But um, um, but actually, I wrote a blog on this, too. Uh, it's on the stand, uh, One Nation uh, Under God, from a little line from the uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance. But um, the, the issue that I just wanted to address, and uh, I'm not advocating that people must be patriots, they must love their country, I think you should, but... Um, or that they must, and this is really from where I was at, that they must have a, a uh, an American flag in their sanctuary. Mainly, all I've <laughs> all I've done is just say, look, um, it's uh, the Christian church far too often follows culture instead of transforming it. Amen to that. And and a lot of this is you know trickled down into the church uh, from culture and even a lot of religious leaders who who think it's just uh, at best it's untoward. To, to be uh, a lover of your country or a patriot. And at worst, it's uh, antithetical to the kingdom of God. And that's all that I wrote this about was uh, and did that little devotion on. Uh, actually, I preached this as a sermon in my church on July the 4th. <laughs> that's where that's where it started. It's it's just the fact that uh, nations aren't aren't derived from the sinful mind of man. Yeah. You, you you go the, the the you go to Genesis 17, the covenant that God made with man. Three times in Genesis 17, three through six, he calls Abraham the father of a multitude of nations, and he says, "I am going to make you that." All right, and nations are a result of that covenant, which means nations are a good thing. They're not a they're not something that was that was uh, some wicked <laughs> thing. It was actually from the mind of God. Mm. All right, um, and they're a blessing. They're a part of the covenant. 
Then I went, uh, just used that little passage from the Olivet Discourse from Matthew 25, where he's coming back to judge the people and the the nations. He's going. He's going. The nations will be gathered and the people will be separated. Yeah. And that passage, they're 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 uh, synonyms. Nations and people are are synonyms. Yeah. The nations are gathered and the people are judged. But the, it's also true that the uh, that the people are gathered and the nations are, are judged. It's, yeah. I, I just wanted to just say that that's, it's antithetical to think there's inherently something wrong with with national borders or na- nations in general. Yeah, and that's, that's so key and important to emphasize right now because if you listen to some people in our society, even people who call themselves evangelical leaders, you would think that being a nationalist, right, that being someone who cares – First and foremost, I'm not talking about uh, placing your nation above Christ or Scripture. I'm talking about that you care about your nation first and foremost in front of other people's nations. That is somehow, Ray, been been labeled as a bad thing, that we can't put America first. I mean, I hate to bring that that slogan into it, but there's this notion out there that we basically have to distance ourselves from our country and from loyalty to our country if we really want to be good Christians. Yeah, and um, the last two passages I used to talk about just what you're saying is is uh, Revelation 7, this beatific vision that John has when he says that he saw uh, people from all languages, all tribes, and all nations, and they were gathered before uh, the seat of Christ. And the thing that's striking about that is this is a vision uh, uh, in heaven, and you would think that in heaven all that washes away, but he said uh, you don't you don't lose your your uh, your language distinctive. He, they were from different languages, they were uh, different races, different people. So you don't we're not all going to be the same uh, same color or same race. And then he brought up from all nations. So apparently you don't even lose your national distinctive. It's not that it's important, right? Um, but it's there. And then the final one is is the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, when you see the, the vision of the uh, river of water of life coming out of the throne of God and on the sides of the river, the tree of life, and then it says that its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Well, mm. one of the things that I've pointed out is that's after everything. That's, that's, after, um, that's after the second coming. It's after... Uh, the Battle of Armageddon, it's after the millennial reign of Christ, it's after the great white throne judgment, and after, importantly, Revelation 21, which starts off saying, I saw new heaven and a new earth, for the first had passed away. So we're in the new, and, and, the, and, and the, the, there's and something the, and there the about nation nations. Is still mentioned. So, so, uh, my point is just that nations will always be, always be a part of us. And wow. I just, I just don't want to be... Uh, pressured by religious leaders or anyone to say that it's it's wrong to to just to have. I'm not talking right. about to bow down to. Sure. Just to have a flag in the sanctuary. If you don't want to, that's fine. Right. I just don't want to be told that it's it's somehow wrong yeah. uh, or sinful for me to have a flag, an American flag, in the sanctuary. Yeah, that's go- so good, so good, Ray. And, and Christians have to be involved in civics because yeah. if not, the pagans will be. Uh, The pagans will run the government, and then we'll have to follow it, right? Romans 13, of course, unless it makes us and directs us to disobey God. Uh, But we need godly leaders. That is a good and noble thing. And so um, doing, being a part of civics and protecting and caring for your nation and loving your nation is a good thing. Thank you, Ray, for coming in. All right. Well, you can go to afa.net, and right there on the homepage, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see Ray's blog that was published yesterday, 
uh, called One Nation Under God by Dr. Ray Rooney. And it outlines what Ray just his what Ray just said right there, what he just articulated about na- nations and nationalism, and it's rooted in Scripture and God's creation. You can go to afa.net and read that blog called One Nation Under God. It's very, very critical that we properly view the role of nations and what God has to say about it, not what man has to say about it. And it's so, doesn't it sound so noble when you hear people say, you shouldn't love your country, you should just love God. You know, they say these things that where, where you where you listen to it and you're like, wow, that sounds really good. That sounds noble. That sounds clean. Um, but you look at, at really their intentions behind that, and that is that they want you to basically bash America and, and, and ignore America and not protect your homeland and your country. And that is, that is antithetical to Scripture, which is just what Ray articulated. So kudos to Ray Rooney for that. You can read blogs each day at afa.net, and Ray's is up there on the homepage right now as we speak. Uh, moving on to a few other uh, stories, uh, jumping back into this this debate over uh, uh, COVID-19 and, and mask and vaccines, Chicago is has announced, the city of Chicago has announced that they are going to force children of all ages, all school, school children, to wear masks all day long at school regardless of vaccination status. That is out of the city of Chicago. And, and folks, this is, this is shameful. We should not be placing this burden on our children. Children are largely, 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 and that's not even saying it enough, unaffected by this coronavirus. And we're forcing them to wear a, a basically a cloth over their mouth for eight to 10 hours a day for something that they are largely unaffected by. And I, I covered the, the study out of England just last week about how children have a 99.995% chance of surviving COVID. And uh, that, 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 ju- that does not uh, justify forcing kids to wear a mask all day at school. And, uh, man, Governor DeSantis in Florida, they are just getting a hand of applause today on the show. And I really didn't intend to, to – to, to mention Florida so much, but I've got to play this clip. This is Governor Santis. The way he articulates things is is excellent, and so it's worthy of playing his point of view. Let's listen to Governor DeSantis, clip five, talking about children not needing masks. There's been talk about potentially people advocating at the federal level imposing compulsory masks on kids. Uh, we, we're not doing that in Florida, okay? We need our kids to breathe. We need our kids to be able to be kids. We need them to be able to breathe. It's terribly uncomfortable for them to do it. Uh, there's not very much science behind it. There's some schools we had didn't do mass. Others did. The outcomes were not meaningfully different. Amen to that. You know, why are we placing this burden on kids? This has basically has nothing to do with kids. Kids are not the problem here. And people and governments are forcing them to wear face diapers all day long. And they're breathing in it, and they're, they're getting all this, ba- this dirty bacteria. There's a reason that God created us to breathe outward, where our, our body is releasing stuff that doesn't need to come back in. 
and it's sitting on this this cloth all day long, building up bacteria, and they're re- they're breathing back in the bacteria they put out, and then they go home, and guess what? I would bet the vast majority of these kids do not have clean face masks. They're reusing the same thing every day. And when you look at all the medical journals and the studies that do talk about the use of masks, it it recommends you basically rotate out your mask religiously throughout the day and put a new one on like every 15 minutes, if not more than that. And so having kids wear these dirty masks all day long is inhumane. It's insane. We should not be putting our kids in this situation. So you parents out there, uh, you need to get fired up and and urge your leaders not to do this nonsense. It is, I hate to see kids, little kids created in the image of God, uh, putting on a mask uh, in the name of science when the science doesn't back it up. In Washington, D.C., this is even more, uh, more reprehensible. Washington, D.C. is allowing minors, listen to this, I did not believe this, I had not heard this yet. Washington, D.C. is allowing minors to get vaccinated without their parental consent. Without parental consent. Kids as young as 12 and 13 and 10 years old are being allowed in Washington, D.C. to be vaccinated without their parents even knowing about it. And people are, parents are suing D.C. over this, over this, quote, reckless and unconstitutional law to vaccinate kids without parental consent. I'll just read directly from this Christian Post article. Parents in Washington, D.C. have filed a lawsuit against the district over a new law, they say, allows officials to vaccinate children in public schools without parental consent, even if they have a religious objection. The municipal regulation known as the, quote, minor consent to vaccinate to Vaccination Act of 2020 was passed by the council in a vote of 10 to 3 in November, and it went into effect in March of 2021. It enables children ages 11 and older to consent to a vaccine without their parents even knowing. And then the D.C. uh, regulation went on to put in procedures in place to ensure that the parents never find out meaning the insurance companies cannot uh, mail a bill or a, a copy of the services to the parents. This is absolutely insane and, vari- and violates all parental consent laws that have ever been established in America. We'll be back in a few minutes with more of AFA at the Core. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. Thank you for standing with AFA as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. When this mom ended a bad relationship, she found out she was pregnant. After the father told her to get an abortion, Julia was confused and didn't know what to do or who to talk to. I just knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Julia was referred to a preborn center where she was counseled and supported with the strength she needed to choose life. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Because of them, he's here. We're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. Preborn centers provide hope, love, free ultrasounds, and the gospel in action to moms like Julia. To find out more about the ministry of Preborn, visit them online at preborn.com. Again, that's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Your love can save a life. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. AFA at the Core, I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Good to be with you on this Friday edition. Hope you spend time with your family and with your uh, fellowship of believers this weekend, as you should do every week, uh, wherever you live. We need to... Be sure that we're involved in a local church, a local fellowship, and that we're uh, communing with the body of Christ each and every week. It's so important to our spiritual health as believers, so make sure you do that. The um, The article I talked about with uh, Dr. Ray Rooney is up on afa.net, as I mentioned. It's called One Nation Under God, right there on the homepage of our website, AFA. .net, along the same lines of what Dr. Rooney and I talked about, uh, Hillsdale College, many of you heard of Hillsdale College, very reputable Christian university. Uh, Hillsdale College put out this 1776 curriculum. You know, we've been hearing of this 1619 project and how America was founded on slavery in 1619. Well, uh, Hillsdale created this 1776 curriculum, and this was just so encouraging to see. And we need more uh, Christian colleges and universities across the country, and there are there are many of them, uh, but you really can't have enough. Uh, let me just read a couple of uh, the six main things and topics that are discussed and provided 
by Hillsdale College in this 1776 curriculum, by the way, much of which they're offering for free to the public, much of which they're offering for free to the public so you can even teach your kids some of this history. Here's what the Hillsdale College 1776 program um, provides initial history lessons on the American founding and the Civil War for K through 12 students, complete civics and government courses for middle, middle and high school, Hillsdale College vetted book, online course, and resource recommendations, student ready primary sources, sample assignments, activities, and assessments, an introduction that includes the principles of the curriculum guidance and advice for adopting the curriculum. So that is uh, very encouraging out of Hillsdale College, reading a quote from the executive director for the 1776 project by Hillsdale, quote, the teaching of honest history and an accurate account of civics is a key to forming good citizens. The Hillsdale 1776 curriculum has been carefully designed to do just that, providing parents, teachers, and schools not with what they should oppose, but with a solid curriculum that they can wholeheartedly endorse for all of America's children, end quote. That's from Matthew Spalding, uh, executive uh, director of the 1776 Commission there at Hillsdale College. So some good things going on at these Christian colleges and universities across the country. That is out of Hillsdale College. Well, have you ever just battled with and struggled with this, this reality that Many politicians and leaders who call themselves Catholics, devout Roman Catholics, well, many of their, of their beliefs don't even line up with the Catholic faith. Well, someone who agrees with that sentiment is the Archbishop out of San Francisco. And he is questioned by the Daily Caller News Foundation in a video interview about politicians mostly Democrat politicians, who call themselves Catholics, but they are vehemently pro-death, pro-abortion, pro-baby-killing. Let's listen to clip four. This is Nancy Pelosi's Archbishop out of San Francisco. Can a high-profile Catholic in good conscience support and advocate for abortion? Absolutely not. And it really grieves me that this question needs to be asked. It's understandable that it's being asked, but it should be known by everyone that Catholics don't support anything that advocates for an injustice or deprivation of a basic human right, such as the right to life. That should be immediately known by everyone. But it's absolutely not possible. Catholics don't favor anything that furthers injustice or deprives people of rights. Uh, and it's not possible to be a Catholic with a properly formed conscience in good standing and favor an evil such as abortion. Wow. That was the Archbishop out of San Francisco, Nancy Pelosi's Archbishop. Reading directly from this Daily Caller article, he said, Let me repeat, no one can claim to be a devout Catholic and condone the killing of innocent human life, let alone have the government pay for it. The right to life is a fundamental, the most fundamental human right, and Catholics do not oppose fundamental human rights. Cardalone, the name that's the last name of the archbishop, went on to say, the smokescreen, using the smokescreen of abortion as an issue of health and fairness to poor women 
is the epitome of hypocrisy. What about the health of the baby being killed? What about giving poor women real choice so they are supported in choosing life? This would give them fairness and equality to women of means who can afford to bring a child into the world. So the archbishop out of San Francisco is calling out the Catholics or the people who claim they're Catholics but are fully in support of baby killing. So good for him for speaking the truth. And, you know, that is, um, he's going to be criticized for that. He's going to be criticized maybe even by his higher-ups in the Catholic Church for that. Uh, but he's speaking the truth there, speaking the truth of, of science and the truth of God's Word to uh, what's going on there with Democrats supporting the ending of, of innocent life. This uh, other story I wanted to bring up is comical. Bobby, my producer, Bobby Rosa and I were getting a kick out of it this morning in our daily show meeting. But earlier in the week, American Family Association published a devotional, a weekly devotional that we publish each Monday called Rob's Daily Devotionals by uh, one of our former staffers here, Rob Gardner. And Facebook flagged the devotional as being misinformation, as being false information. Bobby, please tell our listeners that I'm not making this up. <laughs> I actually had to read the uh, the byline in the rundown twice to see that I, I can't believe anybody is actually limiting uh, conversations such as this, e even on a social media platform. Uh, that just, you know, strikes of Nazism and fascism and just uh, somebody uh, just to know Rob and what he would put forth uh, in his devotions is just um, just unheard of. One would even, wouldn't even think of that in his regard. He's such a, a faithful and uh, such a strong walk with, with the Lord and, and uh, such a righteous man in general. Yeah, and, and what's more disturbing about this is that Facebook labeled this as COVID-19 misinformation. This this daily devotional, I'm reading it right now on our website, AFA.net. It was published on Monday. It has absolutely nothing to do nothing with COVID. Nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it talks about Romans 15. It talks about Psalm 28. He goes through Monday through Friday, um, actually Monday through Sunday, uh, devotional, and each one is an encouraging devotional straight out of Scripture with nothing to do with COVID. So that that proves what we all know is going on and that Facebook has their algorithms. Yes, they're algorithms that are built by humans because algorithms don't build themselves. And these algorithms are flagging posts that have nothing to do with COVID, and they're labeling them as COVID misinformation. COVID misinformation. This is absolutely laughable yeah and it parallels the stories that we've seen the tragic demise of an individual in a motorcycle accident mm. that was attributed to covid I yes don't, i don't know how you you draw the corollary there but uh it seems to be everywhere now yeah and and th these people are being deplatformed people are being canceled people are being censored over invalid concerns invalid reasons and it's absolutely uh reached a very very 
uh, serious point where it's it's not even reasonable. You can't even debate anymore with companies like Facebook and YouTube. And the good news is, is there are alternatives out there. There are alternatives out there. And, and I think people are flocking to these alternatives because it's so frustrating uh, to just do try to do something like share a daily devotional on Facebook and they flag you for COVID-19 misinformation and then send you over to the CDC website. And, and it's so, and what do you, you can't appeal it. I mean, this is a behemoth of a company. You can't appeal this stuff and they're blocking it. And so other, other platforms are rising and I'll just mention a few of them. You have Parler. Uh, they are on the rise, Parler or Parlay. They are on the rise. Gab.com is on the rise. Um, there's a Gitter, G-E-T-T-R, a platform built by a former Trump associate uh, that is doing well. There's Rumble. That's a video platform, I believe, out of Canada. And uh, they're allowing people to publish videos there without censoring or pulling down that content. And so there are alternative platforms rising. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, AFA is building a video platform. We are building a video platform where you can watch AFA content at your convenience without the fear of YouTube or Facebook pulling it down and canceling it to where you can't get it. So we're going to build our own platform. We're doing it now. And you're going to be able to watch all of the video documentaries, the films, the short films, the cultural institutes. You'll be able to watch all of that that is now available as a DVD on our resource center. You'll be able to watch all of it on our video library. On our video library, we'll have a paid version and we'll have a free version, two different tiers that you can subscribe to. Uh, We'll have a free version and then a subscribe or a subscription-based Uh, version of the video library where you can get content for you and your family and for your church. And what we're finding is people are hungry for the truth. People are hungry for the truth. I just spoke to our uh, one of our staff members earlier this week, and the resource center, our resource center, resources.afa.net, the latest Cultural Institute DVD there, which is by our very own Miki Addison, And we're going to have her on in the coming weeks to talk about her presentation here. But the two-part presentation is called A Biblical Response to Critical Race Theory. And this DVD is going out. We hit over 1,000 in about a week here from our resource center, and we're still sending more out. We're going to to send out several thousand of those just in a couple weeks uh, because people are hungry for the truth. So that's a good thing uh, that people are coming to AFA and trusting us with uh, resources on biblical worldview training, and we're going to continue to produce that, continue to produce more materials for you and your family, for your church, and for your Sunday school class. And people use uh, our content uh, for various different groups. They use it for their church. They use it for their Sunday school class. Uh, Many of our presentations are done in the form of a Sunday school kit or a curriculum where you can study along and teach a group of people on these different topics. And so we'll continue to produce uh, information and documentaries like that. Another story I wanted to mention before we wrap up the show, this is out of the Christian Post. You notice I'm not bringing in CNN articles. (laughs) You notice I'm not bringing in CNN articles or MSNBC articles because we need to highlight alternative media outlets. And speaking of alternative media outlets, it can't go without mentioning our own, American Family News. 
American Family News is our media outlet. It's what you hear at the top of each hour. And we produce our own news here at American Family Association with our own uh, newsroom. And we put out articles and news stories each day from American Family News. This one I'm, I'm mentioning is from the Christian Post. And the headline is, an appeals court is set to review Vimeo's, quote, targeted deletion of ex-gay pastor's account. The leader of a Christian nonprofit organization in California is celebrating after a federal appeals court has agreed to review a previous court decision ruling that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act protects social media platforms such as Vimeo from liability in censorship cases. The Second Court of Appeals based in New York City has agreed to rehear the case of Pastor James Doman versus Vimeo on Bonk. The lawsuit comes after the streaming service Vimeo, the streaming service service called Vimeo, suspended the account of Jim Doman, a pastor who leads the California-based nonprofit organization called Churches United or Church United. And the reason Vimeo banned him, this pastor out of California, is because he posted videos highlighting the stories of five individuals who left the LGBT community to pursue their Christian faith. Many big companies and platforms do not want the truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the restorative, redemptive gospel of Jesus Christ to be out there for the public to consume. Vimeo pulled down this pastor's Vimeo page and his videos simply for sharing testimonies about former homosexuals who left the lifestyle and became believers and were transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Absolutely unacceptable for Vimeo. They censored our video in his image and they censored, uh, Amazon Prime censored us. They pulled down in his image. So we need alternative media outlets and platforms so we can continue to share the truth of what's going on in our society. AFA at the core, see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.